Today is Thursday, January 7th. The title for our devotional is Humility and a Commitment to Community. Today we're moving on from the first two verses of chapter 12 that we've been in the last three days. Remember, those are the basis for the rest of everything Paul says here, and they are based in the theology of God's mercy and redemption and salvation as outlined in the first 11 chapters. So if you haven't checked out Monday through Wednesday, be sure to go check those out now. Romans 12, 1-8 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to your faith, if service in your serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here, in verses 3-8, through eight, Paul identifies the first thing that comes to his mind that is the result of having a transformed mind, that is, a commitment to community. This is kind of a strange place to go first, isn't it? If someone asked you the first result of having your life transformed by Christ, what would you say? It would likely be something related to your circumstances, to your personal thinking or feelings, right? That's probably what I would say. I think this says a lot about our individualistic approach to Christianity today that was completely foreign to the first century church. As we did with the therefore in verse 1, we must ask what the for in verse 3 is in reference to. Since Paul uses the word think in verse 3, he seems to be connecting it to the believer having their mind transformed in verse 2. So this is what it looks like to have one's mind transformed. First, it's humility and a recognition that you need community. No one Christian has all the gifts that God has given to the church, so we need one another. The character trait at the foundation of the Christian community is humility. Or as Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. I love the way he says this. By saying it this way, he implies that we shouldn't think too low of ourselves either. God has given us a gift that is to be used for the betterment of the community of faith. He has showed us great mercy. So we also shouldn't think of ourselves too lowly. The four in verse four modifies what he says in verse three, meaning what follows is what it looks like to think of yourself with sober judgment. To make this point, Paul uses his favorite analogy for the church, the human body. 
Just like the body has different, quote, members, that is, parts that serve different functions, hands, feet, eyes, etc., but it's still unified in one person. So the church has different parts, that is, individuals within the church with different gifts, yet is one cohesive community. He says in verse 5, quote, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and, I love this, individually members one of another. In closing, nothing is more toxic to a community than pride, or thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. A failure to recognize your dependence and membership to one another, to experience the fullness of God's grace, is the complete anti-Christ and anti-church state of mind. The Christian must recognize their own giftings, use them, as Paul says in verse 6, while at the same time recognizing they are one member of the larger body and dependent on others expressing their gifts as well for the church to experience the fullness of God's grace. This cannot be achieved if individuals within the community are pridefully claiming their gifts are better than others or using their gifts for the exploitation of others or unaware of their gifts and how to use them. To be doing this implies that your mind has not been transformed and you are not correctly discerning what God's will is. This way of thinking is radically different from the thinking of this age, going back to verse 2. The thinking of this age emphasizes the lone wolf, independent, self-sufficient person who doesn't need anyone. The thinking of this age tells us to get ours and use our abilities to exploit others and extract everything we can from them to increase our own personal lot in life. This is not the way of Jesus. There is, of course, much more to be said about the spiritual gifts, but for the sake of brevity, we're just sticking with the big ideas. For additional content, if you aren't aware of your gift given you by God for the betterment of the church, take a few moments to go through the assessment I've included in the devotional page. This will give you a good idea where to start. Don't take it as gospel. Uh, This is a launching point to try some stuff within the church community. After practicing these gifts that the assessment might bring up, you'll likely see where God has gifted you. Which one helps you experience God's presence best? What do you feel fulfilled in doing? What gets you fired up about church ministry? So check out the assessment if you don't know already and fill it out to see what gifts you might have. For reflection, reflect on your commitment to community. Would you go to a commitment to community and humility as the first result of being transformed in your thinking, like Paul did here? Do you think of your participation in the church community as, quote, one body in Christ and, quote, individually members one of another? We all have pride in our lives. How has your pride negatively affected your participation in community? Repent and commit to presenting yourself to God as a living sacrifice and being transformed by the renewal of your mind to know what God's will is. Again, hint, part of God's will is for you to humble yourself in community, is Paul's point here. So reflect on that. Reflect on your commitment to community and humility and reflect on your pride and how your pride may be a hindrance to your participation in community.